0: Support for WVIK comes from Kathleen Collins at the Dragonfly in Bettendorf. Using both conventional and alternative counseling methods for empowerment to help create change for individuals and couples. More information is at KathleenCollinsCounseling.com.
1: On Midwest Week, Illinois becomes a Blue Island following Tuesday's midterm election. I'm Herb Trix, and my guest this week is Hannah Meisel, Statehouse Editor for Illinois Public Radio. So, Hannah, Democrats mostly had a good day in Illinois on Tuesday during the midterms. Some, how good was it?
0: It was a very good day for Democrats. Um, you know, they outperformed um, some of the late expectations um, that came in the last, I don't know, few weeks as Democratic fears of this red wave and Republican confidence had kind of surged. Um, in the closing you know month of the campaign season. But of course, governor that was expected that JB. Pritzker would win in a blowout, maintaining all of the constitutional officers also expected. Um, Democrats, of course increased their supermajority in the Illinois House, uh, kept the supermajority in the Illinois Senate, already kind of maxed out. you know, of course though, they had the extra boon from having uh, drawn their own maps uh, in 2021. That also worked out in their favor uh, for, you know, the congressional races. Um, Up in your area, of course, you uh, were, you know, I'm sure barraged by TV ads for the Illinois 17th District. The fact that Eric Sorensen pulled out a win, Esther Joy King, the Republican, she had run a very aggressive campaign, and it was kind of, Republicans, uh, brightest hope in Illinois to, you know, kind of flip a seat that had been held, of course it's redrawn seat, but an area that had been held by Sherry Bustos in Congress. Um, the fact that Republicans, uh, couldn't get that, they couldn't get the 13th district, Nikki Budzinski, the Democrat, um, one, the district that is redrawn from what Rodney Davis has held for the last 10 years, um and Regan deering couldn't pull out that win, uh, you know, for the Republicans. All of these, and, you know, also Democrats were able to not just win their two Supreme Court races, but increase the majority from the current four to three to five to two. Uh, you know, only two Republicans will remain. You know, that's a big deal for ensuring, you know, a lot of Democratic policies Things that go to the courts, the courts will ultimately, likely, rule in Democrats' favor.
1: So, when you're looking at the vote for governor, um, was J.B. Pritzker that popular, or Darren Bailey perceived as too conservative, or Democrat, more people voted a Democratic straight ticket? What? The, how, how can we explain that, that big win for J.B. Pritzker?
0: I mean, I think it has uh, the most to do with uh, Darren Bailey, but also the Democratic mood uh, in Illinois. Illinois is a blue state. And so, you know, of course, Democratic voters, um, it's, it's always a matter of turnout, getting people to the polls, especially in midterm elections. And so Democratic voters were motivated there. But also, I just think that, no, Darren Bailey is just, you know, fundamentally unpopular even among his own party. I'm willing to bet there are a lot of Republicans who couldn't bring themselves to vote for Darren Bailey, so maybe they voted for J.B. Pritzker, maybe they left that off, maybe they wrote in their Aunt Cindy or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Darren Bailey, not very popular, definitely a drag at the top of the ticket, a drag that, you know, also brought down other Republican candidates statewide who, maybe under different circumstances... Uh, could have fared better, like Tom Demmer, you know, running for state treasurer. Dan Brady, you know, a very popular figure in Springfield and, you know, moderate Republican politics for a long time, who ran for secretary of state. Um, uh, Tom Demmer, of course, was part of that uh, slate of kind of moderate Republicans that was being funded by uh, Ken Griffin in the primary but, of course, that fell apart. Ken Griffin moved out of state to Florida and so most of his money.
1: And now t- turning down to the Supreme Court, you mentioned that a few minutes ago. Um, do you think people, it was just part of Democratic Day in Illinois that the two Democratic candidates for the court won? Or do you think voters were actually sort of thinking about abortion and other issues and that's how they voted for the justices?
0: Well, abortion was definitely the thing that... You know, if you lived in the, uh, northern part of the state in the Chicago area, of course, um, you know, those districts do extend westward too. Um, you would have seen a barrage of ads that featured abortion as the number one issue in the Supreme Court races. And so I do think that voters were thinking about abortion. I think that, um, you know, prior to the Dobbs decision being leaked in early May, um, I'm not sure that people outside of, you know, people like you and I who spend a lot of time thinking about government really thought much about, um, you know, this concept of federalism, how Illinois is different than other states. Um, but I think the Dobbs decision put Illinois in, you know, kind of a sharp contrast with other states because, of course, we are this kind of haven of abortion rights in the Midwest. Um, and people are thinking about that a lot more. And of course, Democrats last year, in addition to being able to draw their own maps for the legislature and for Congress, um, they also redistricted Illinois Supreme Court uh, district boundaries for the first time since the 1960s, which you know, provided extra insurance for uh, this election cycle.
1: Okay, because I was thinking of two years ago when a Democratic justice was knocked off the court when he was not retained, and just wondering if it was abortion that was the difference, but maybe the new new districts were part of it as well.
0: Well, I mean, that was a fundamentally different race. Um, Not winning a retention uh, battle is different. Um, You know, you need a higher threshold to win retention. Uh, And, of course, Tom Kilbride... Was the first uh, Illinois Supreme Court justice to ever not win retention in Illinois, but also it was a t- fundamentally different time, along with you know a huge amount of money that had flooded in from opponents to uh, Governor Pritzker's graduated income tax measure, which ultimately, of course, failed at the ballot box in 2020. There, you know, the same money was going into opposing uh, Tom Kilbride for uh, retention. And that race was framed as, oh, this is Mike Madigan's favorite judge. That's an argument that had a lot more potency in 2020 when Mike Madigan was actually still around. And at this point, Mike Madigan has been gone as House Speaker for nearly two years. Two years. So it just does not have the same potency as it used to have.
1: And do you see much difference in the General Assembly? You said that the Democrats still have their supermajorities, uh, so we can just expect in a, in a way more of the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely more of the same progressive policies as, uh, you know, J.B. Pritzker and legislative leaders seek to, you know, kind of leave their mark on Illinois um, and make it an even more progressive state uh, in contrast to a lot of our Midwestern neighbors. We're going to see a lot more legislation like that in the House. Um, there are a couple of tight races that are still being counted, but Democrats likely upped their majorities from where were, where they had been at at seventy three, uh, to to Republicans forty five to as many as seventy seven, possibly even seventy eight Democrats. It's just like unheard of. It's wild. Uh, definitely blows out of the water Mike Madigan's um victory in twenty eighteen during that part of blue wave uh election when he reached a record 74 Democrats. And in the Illinois Senate, Democrats might have even lost one or two seats, but still, they're well above the 36th uh, needed for their three-fifths majority, what we call supermajorities. You know, if there were ever a Republican governor again, which, again, uh, not sure how likely that is, if that governor were to veto some legislation, uh, basically the veto-proof majorities would render him or her uh, kind of powerless.